This is an MVP podcast, My Village Productions. Welcome to Unsolved America, a show where we explore unsolved mysteries throughout the United States. I'm your host, Tiffany. And I'm your host, Andy, and each week we will throw a dart at the map and wherever it lands is the location of our mystery. This week, I landed on New Mexico. This story is about 18-year-old David Ortiz Jr. Okay. And his mysterious disappearance on Halloween weekend in 2010. Mm, Halloween, that's so creepy already. To, like, go disappearing on Halloween. Was it ghosts? Was it... Was it... Michael Myers? (laughs) Was it more sinister? (laughs) Um... So in his life, uh, Junior, as his mother called him, mm-hmm. uh, was just starting to have things go his way. He was granted visitation rights with his one-year-old son and was studying diligently to earn his GED alongside his mother, Elizabeth Ortiz. Mm-hmm. Sadly for Junior, that day would never come. Oh, no. So Elizabeth says in an interview on Dateline, I got mine for him. We were supposed to do it together, but my son was taken from me. Ugh. So around 5 p.m. on Halloween, the night of David Jr.'s disappearance, he decided to leave his grandparents' home to go hang out with his friends on Halloween night. Um, Unfortunately, this plan never came to fruition because David never showed up. When it was revealed that David was missing, his cousin told his parents that David stopped in to the Snappy Mart where the cousin worked around 9 p.m. He purchased cigarettes and then left the store. He was unknowingly the last person to see David that night. Oh, my gosh. So at this point, some people started to suggest that maybe David had left town on a whim. Yeah. Uh, However, his to his parents, this didn't didn't make any sense whatsoever. Junior was thrilled to have just earned visitation rights to to see his son, Joshua. In fact, he loved Joshua so much for him to just skip town is unimaginable. Yeah, I mean, especially a one-year-old and... Yeah. Yeah. Just getting those rights back. Like, why would you just skip town? Especially after fighting for those rights, you know? Right. Like, you had to go to court and fight to get visitation Mm -hmm. rights. Like, there's no... Like, why? (laughs) Like, what's the point? Yeah. Um, David had had his first visitation with his son and his parents on October 30th, and 24 hours later, David went missing. Oh, my... Mm. So after tirelessly searching and calling David Jr., his parents finally reported him missing on November 3rd. Um, I imagine this may have to do with the fact that he is considered an adult now, that he's 18. Yeah. And they may have to wait a longer period of time to report him missing. But I'm not like 100% sure on New Mexico laws. Um, I know usually when when it's an adult involved, they're like, well, they have the right. I I hear this in a lot of disappearance cases. The police will tell family members they have a right to disappear. They do. Like, they're an adult. They can make their own decisions. Kind of fucked up, but. (laughs) It is, but it's also, you probably have to show the police that there was no reason for that. Mm Mm-hmm. And wait that allotted time period, whatever it may be. Yeah, you'd have to prove to them that, like, no, like, this that's not who my son is. I mean, some people, they do. I mean, there's a whole show on Investigation Discovery called Disappeared. <laughs> and it's all about people who literally just leave their lives behind and, like, go off into the, into the mist. Like, never contacting their family again. 
no remains are ever found. Like they just are literally gone without a trace. Yeah. But a lot of those things, I mean, just to go off on a tangent, there's a lot of those people who disappear that actually got into an accident or Mm -hmm. their car went into a lake and it's never been discovered or whatever it may be. So, I mean, yes, they disappear without a trace, but is it because they wanted to or not? And I think that's always the question. Right. And to me, when I while researching this case, it really doesn't seem like that is um, David Ortiz Jr. Like at all. Mm -hmm. I, I definitely have read a lot of like the interviews that his parents have done with various news outlets. And it, yeah, it just doesn't seem right. Right. So rumors of David's fate really like engulfed the small town of silver city. And his parents said that they made sure to bring every single one of these rumors and any gossip that they hear to the police department's attention. Um, there was there were rumors that David Jr. had been beaten and thrown into a trunk and given and driven out of town or that he was buried in the Silver City landfill to just kind of mention a couple different. Yeah. Leads. I mean. How terrible is that to like be be a parent and you hear somebody like saying that about your son or just anybody that you that you love. Right. Like, I mean, that must be like gut wrenching. To hear, oh, he was just what thrown into the dump or whatever you yeah. just said. Like that I mean why would someone even say that to you, first of all? Right. Because are you trying to hurt me? Are you trying to like make me upset? Right. It's yeah, it's weird. So Captain Melinda Hobbs took over this case in twenty nineteen. Um and in and in, and in interviews, uh, she has stated that the police department has followed up with countless tips and leads over the years in the case of David Ortiz's disappearance. In November of 2010, um, she said that police executed a search warrant at a home in the 700 block of Mountain View Road. They searched both the residence and the property, but found nothing. Um, in April 2011, acting on another tip, they executed a search warrant um, for the Southwest Solid Waste Authority landfill. But again, nothing ever came of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, in June 2012, these are all just the leads that she literally listed in her interview. Like, these are like they have gotten so many leads. Well, it but, sounds like it, but nothing's panning out. Nope. So, another tip led them to Santa Clara, where they executed a search warrant at a home in the 100 block of South Bellum and brought, they even brought in a cadaver dog. Still, there was no trace of David. Mm-hmm. Another search warrant is executed at a home in the 800 block of Mobile Drive in Silver City. Um, and in February 2017, uh, an inmate in the local jail sent a map marked with an X indicating human remains at a site that led police to execute another search warrant at a house in Santa Clara. There they found bones, but they turned out to be animal bones. <laughs> That's so... Uh. Yeah. It makes me so frustrated that people do that because you're just like getting people's hopes up for what? Nothing. Right. Just for your own sinister right. pleasure. Well, so this is unrelated to this, like just go off on a tangent. Like this happens a lot with inmates. I actually just watched a show the other day about this little girl went missing in Minnesota mm-hmm. and he said that he knows where she's buried 
he was about to he literally was about to he killed somebody in jail Mm -hmm. and he was about to be sentenced to uh put on death row Mm -hmm. and he told police that he knew where the girl was buried so that he could get out of jail and show them where he was buried where she was buried and get out of the death sentence no just just so he could get out and see the world for 10 minutes yeah that's but i mean like it happens and it's it's wild and i don't understand it but it literally was like it that was his way of like i guess getting to see the outside world one more time it's it's weird people are are wild so the last one that they brought up is in 2020, search warrants were executed at the home of a person police considered to be a person of interest in this case. Okay. Um, but again, nothing was found. So they have tried to turn over every rock, that, like every every clue that they received. They definitely have like thoroughly investigated it. Mm-hmm. Um, this case has changed hands multiple times over years before it landed on the desk of Melinda Hobbs. <laughs> Although she was recently promoted to captain, she said she has continued to work on David's case um, throughout her career. Hobbs told Dateline that they do have new leads in the case and that they have people in mind who they believe to be involved in David's disappearance. However, that is really all the information that she can provide at this time because it is still an open investigation and she doesn't want to give out too much information to the public at this time unfortunately it's good i mean if they have people in mind i mean they must have some pretty solid evidence that they were involved but i guess we'll have to wait and see if anything comes from that man so this year marks the 12th anniversary of the last time david senior and elizabeth ortiz uh, last saw their son and they consistently just say that the only thing that they want is closure of course, right? Like that's yeah. all you want to know. I people can only assume that it's that their loved one is passed after this long of a time. Mm-hmm. They just want to know for sure. Yeah, definitely. They understand the fear that people have in coming forward with information. In fact, there have been several people with loose connections to his disappearance that have ended up dead. One of which is actually David's sister Nicole. Oh my gosh, that poor family. Yeah. So, according to court documents, A man named Calloway told Silver City Police that he had been drinking and that he and Nicole were arguing over beans. (laughs) Why would you be? I have no idea. I thought that was weird. I was like, what? What do you have to argue over beans about? Pinto is better than black beans. That that is correct. (laughs) Fight me. (laughs) Calloway had two pistols, a 22 caliber and a 357 caliber revolver. And said that the two were playing Russian roulette to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Um, he said he had unloaded the gun except one bullet and put the revolver to his head, pulled the trigger twice. He said Nicole then grabbed the gun, put it to her head, and pulled the trigger. He said he then tried to get the gun from her and it went off, killing her. I hate these stories about people who play Russian roulette just for fun. Yeah. it's like, a- And I feel bad for these people as well because the only reason you would be doing that is because there's something not okay with you yeah that you think that that's okay that you want to take that risk and i feel bad please get help but it's so ridiculous like it's going to happen right like yeah you can't you can't press your luck in that instance i mean like literally it's either you're lucky or you're dead like there's no 
There's no in between. And it wasn't even because of the Russian roulette. Like he was trying to grab it from her and it went off. Yeah. But why why are you even playing with a loaded gun? Loaded gun when you've been drinking. Fair. One hundred percent. So David and Nicole's parents uh, believe Nicole was killed because she found out Calloway was allegedly involved or knew someone involved in David's death. In an interview, the parents said Silver City is a small community and there is a lot of corruption here. And if you're on the side of those covering things up, you don't get in trouble. But if you go against them, you end up like my daughter. I mean, she probably has a lot to say especially in this instance she's lost her daughter Mm -hmm. and she doesn't know what happened to her son and she's just weary of everybody definitely but it sounds like she has some sort of leg to stand on yeah so the police department does not have any substantial leads that connects the murder of Nicole to David's disappearance or any other murders in the area that people believe to be connected to David's disappearance. So they can't really confirm that mm-hmm. these people have lost their lives due to some connection with David Ortiz Jr. Captain Hobbs does believe that Calloway has information on what happened to David on Halloween night. Um, but once again, she can't. She can't tell anyone because yeah. she, it's she's obviously she has to keep it close to her right now. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to show you all your cards in an open investigation. That's for sure. Got to keep the element of surprise. Pounce. <laughs> so David's family is not giving up their fight um, to find out what happened to their son. His mother, Elizabeth, does not believe that David is still with us, um, but she continues to pray that someone will just come forward with information to help them at least find a lead. It's just, to me, it's just odd. It's like, I wonder how much information they've actually looked into, like with maybe the mother of his child. Yeah. Like if she was fighting against visitation, I mean, she could have done something or was it just, he was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Well, and is there anyone in her life at the time? Mm-hmm. That would have could have helped her. Yeah. Helped her do something. But it's just it's so weird. It's like there's no literally the last time that anybody saw him. He left his house at 5 p.m. at his grandparents house. He then went. He was seen at the Snappy Mart at nine. What was he doing for those four hours? If he never made it up to his if he never made it to his friend's house that night. Yeah. What was he doing from five to nine? I don't know. I mean, and you said it was in pretty close proximity or this. this, Yeah. 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 Um, I am at, so it just said that he was going to a friend's house. It didn't say like if it was, I imagine it's in silver city. Mm -hmm. Um, and I imagine the, the snappy Mart once again is in that proximity as well. Yeah. But it's, it's just weird. It's like, if you say you're going to somebody's house, all right, I'm leaving. And then Mm -hmm. four hours later, you end up at a gas station. You never made it to your friend's house. What were you doing for four hours? Where and then you? where were you going after you left Snappy Mart? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I have no idea. Like, that is a big chunk of time. Right. Unless he was doing something he didn't want anyone to know about. I mean, that's always a possibility, too. Um, I always wonder, I'm, I'm like, 
in these smaller towns, I'm like, I wonder if they have like traffic cameras or like something to where they can try to at least trace his steps so that they know where he went. Because to me, like that just seems weird, especially if it's a small community. Mm-hmm. Where were you for four hours? Just driving around? You had to go meet up with somebody. In my opinion, you have to you had to have gone to go meet up with somebody else. And why was it so shady? Why like why wouldn't you tell your family what you were doing? Right. I mean, and you said this was 12 years ago. Mm -hmm. So 2010. 2010. I mean, there has to be some CCTV outside of people outside of like businesses. And maybe if it's a small town, they don't have as many like traffic cameras, but there has to be some like security cameras. Or you would think like if he had a cell phone. Why couldn't they track his, like, where his phone was pinging? Unless he was just in the immediate area, then that's not going to be very helpful. Yeah. In smaller towns, they have, what, like, maybe two or three cell towers? Mm-hmm. It's just odd. Every Like, this case just definitely raised a lot of questions to me, and I definitely understand, like, fully the frustration of the parents because it's like they can't get answers at all. And to me, the story just seems weird. There's a lot of time missing. And I'm sure the police have all, these are all things that the the police department has already considered and they've already looked into and we just don't know it because the case is still open. So they can't tell you all the details of their investigation, Mm -hmm. but it's just, it's just odd. Those are some of the questions that came to mind while I was doing the research for this. So um, I'll just close this off with anyone with information about David's case is asked to call the Silver City Police Department at 575-538-3723. Thank you for listening to this episode of Unsolved America. Head on over to Facebook and Instagram and follow us at Unsolved America MVP. And be sure to subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast platform. If you need to contact us, please email unsolvedamericamvp at gmail.com and we'll talk to you next week. This has been an MVP podcast. My Village Productions. 